September 5, 2011, a female infant was found in the Mississippi River. She was given the name Winona Baby Angel. Today my case is about Josh Goldman. He was a student at St. John's University and he vanished on the night of November 9th, 2002. His case has confused people for over 16 years. This is Minnesota's Notorious Crimes. I'm uh, Jay, and this is... Tony, her mother. Yep. So, in exciting news, we're on over uh, 10 platforms now. So, we are on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Breaker, CastBox, Overcast, Pocket Cast, Radio Public, and Stitcher. And those are all under the same name, which is Minnesota's Notorious Crimes. Sounds good. Okay. So I will start off today. Okay. And Jay haven't heard this yet, mm-hmm. but I'm gonna start off today and talk about Winona Baby Angel. On September 5th, 2011, a female infant was found in the Mississippi River. A family was boating on the Mississippi River when the sun saw a bag floating in the main channel about six miles south of Winona. The family turned the boat around and the team fished the bag from the water, then found the seven pound newborn girl wrapped in a t-shirt and was inside a garbage bag. Mm-hmm. Um, the family pulled the baby into the boat and then they called the police. Now the sheriff of White Nona County was Dave Brand. However, he retired in 2015. But I will refer to Sheriff, former Sheriff Dave Brand as Mr. Brand. So Mr. Brand quickly responded along with other duty deputies mm-hmm. in the Minnesota Bureau of Criminal Apprehension, which is the BCA. And on the drive, Mr. Brand said that he was picturing how bad it could be because he said that he has seen babies die in fires, but nothing on the river like this. He said that it didn't come alive until I saw this baby in the bag, in the boat. My heart just said, how could this be? How could somebody just drop this little child in the river and not be responsible for it? Can you imagine finding, having to go to that boat as a sheriff mm-hmm. and seeing a baby like that in a garbage bag. Yeah, also for the family who found it as well. That must yes. have been traumatizing. Yes. Well, Mr. Brand immediately started investigating. He called out the boat patrol and dive and rescue team to comb the river. The baby was wrapped in a man's large green t-shirt stamped with the image of a slice of bread and the canvas bag had the Mexican city man's Nello written in gold. Mm-hmm. Can you spell that? Yeah, it's M-A-Z-A-N-I-L-L-O. Okay. Hopefully I said it right. Manzanello, I believe. Well, in the back with Baby Angel, there was an eye bracelet and four parcelain angels. Mr. Brand wondered if the angels was placed in the back for religious reasons. Law enforcement officials believe that Angel was delivered full term and that she was born without medical assistance due to the fact that her umbilical cord was still attached. 
angel they said was a white female and while the law enforcement officials weren't was not able to give a cause of death they said that she had a fractured skull was it accidental or a purpose or okay don't know don't know from the research i have done so far they don't law enforcement doesn't know if it was done on purpose or not oh, okay the bag was starting to sink when it was found by the family Mr. Brand said that his feeling is that the bag wasn't in the water for days or anything like that, but for a short amount of time. Witnesses in the in the area when Angel was found reported seeing a 30 to 40 year old woman. And when the news broke, Mr. Brand received countless calls of suspicious people or suspected mothers. And Winona County and the BCA investigators compared DNA samples from many women to a sample from Baby Angel, but no match was made. Mm -hmm. And it has been seven years since Baby Angel was found in the river, but they still haven't closed the case or have any idea who it could be. Oh, wow. So they're really urging people to um, call the Winona County Sheriff's Department and also the Winona Area Crime Stoppers. And I know that you will put that. In the description, yes. Yeah, in the description with the telephone numbers that you can call. Mm -hmm. So they think it's possible it's like a teenage girl had it and then dumped it? Or like had the mother dump it for her? That could be. Or even maybe the baby just died and she was embarrassed or something. Mm -hmm. And I wonder too if they don't have anybody in mind as to who it could be because maybe they travel from a long ways mm -hmm. and dump the baby off at the... Um, Mississippi River exactly which is really sad mm -hmm. but um, what happened to baby angel is something that never should happen even if it was an accident mm -hmm. no one deserved to be thrown in the river in a garbage bag mm -hmm. however I think it's wonderful to see how um, in Winona County mm -hmm. how they came together exactly. and gave her a funeral and um, named her um, Winona's baby angel. Mm -hmm. I think that's just beautiful how that community came together like that. Didn't they give him a green gravestone too? I believe so. Oh, yes, nice. yes, yeah. Um, if you look on you YouTube under and, and put in there in that description, Winona baby angel, mm -hmm. it will um, give you information about that and how they all came together and had a ceremony. Oh, that's nice. And a burial all that mm -hmm. and um, I just think that's wonderful something horrible that happened but on the same time how a community came together for her. It's been five years since the body of a newborn baby girl was found floating in the Mississippi River near Winona. The girl came to be known as Baby Angel after she was found in a bag also containing angel figurines. Today a ceremony marking the five-year anniversary of her discovery was held at her gravestone in Winona. Those who worked on the case and the family who found the baby both hope the memorial creates new leads in the case. My hope moving forward is that anybody that has any information, whether they were on that river five years ago or they know of friends, family, somebody that was pregnant and they don't know where the child is or have any information at all would step forward. The Winona County Sheriff says even five years later, they continue to get new information in the case. He says the resolution of another high-profile Minnesota mystery over the weekend is a source of optimism. It does give us hope, you know, that, to think that that case, after all the years, Jacob Lederling, 
his family now has closure. And uh, that's what we're hoping for with Baby Angel. And I, I think this will be the year. If you have any information about the Baby Angel case at all, you're encouraged to call the Winona County Sheriff's Office at the number here at the bottom of your screen, 507-457-6530. So my case is Josh Goldman. His name is spelled, last name is spelled G-U-L-I-M-O-N-D. Uh, he was a student at St. John's University and he was 20 years old at the time. Um, Josh left a small card party at a friend's dorm in Minton Court on the St. John's University Collegeville um, sometime around midnight on November 9th, 2002. His friends thought Josh was headed to the bathroom, but when he did not return after 15 minutes, they just saw he walked back to his dorm at St. Morrow House, and it should have been a three-minute walk, and his friends say he was not intoxicated at all. So, they thought he just left to go to the bathroom, uh -huh. and that he would be right back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, and then his roommate says that he last saw him around 8.30 p.m. on the night of the party. Um... They found his glasses, contact lenses, keys, car, and credit cards all in his dorm and no belongings were missing as well, which leads me to believe he must have made it back to his dorm if all that stuff is there. Because you can't leave without your glasses or contact lenses or your keys. Mm -hmm. Although I'm not sure if you needed a key to get inside the dorm or not. Okay. Yeah. Um, and then on the... But still, the glasses and contacts. Though. Yeah, you can't leave without that. Most people never leave the home without their glasses or their contacts. Exactly, on. yeah. So you would have to have come back, possibly. Because it might have been one of those things where he went back to the dorm and then someone knocked. And he went out to help them and then something happened. Without your glasses or contacts. Oh, yeah, that's true. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. Um, on the morning of November 10th, which was a Monday... Uh, a massive search started and it included the National Guard, hundreds of people in the community, and a search of the grounds and lakes by the Stearns County uh, Sheriff's Department on both foot and horseback as well. Um, the Sheriff's Department focused most of their attention on Stump Lake, um, which runs between the St. Merle House, which is Josh's residence, and the Minton Court, which is the location of the Card Party. Mm. Um, so the edge of the water is about a half a block from Minton Court, and the Trident Foundation conducted a thorough search of all three lakes on campus and found no trace of Josh, but his car was found on campus undisturbed. Um, one month before Josh, Josh went missing, St. John's was in the headlines um, because the college announced a massive settlement on dozens of cases of abuse um, by the monks at the Abbey on campus. So, that they, had, so they had just settled? Mm-hmm. About a month before he went missing. Okay. And um, according to several reports, when Josh went missing, he had been writing a term paper on the university's response to the sexual abuse. Um, but on de December 31st, 2002, authorities were denied access to search mm -hmm. St. John's Abbey on the university campus until about a week later when search dogs uh, had followed Josh's scent to the door of the Abbey. That's real suspicious. Exactly. They just settled sex abuse. Mm-hmm cases and then Josh was doing a report on the way they handled it on the way that they handled mm -hmm. it I wonder if he found out some new information exactly and also the monastery was well known for housing the monks and priests who had been put on restrictions after being accused or admitted mm -hmm. to the sexual mm -hmm. abuse 
and uh, several sexual abuse. And why would you have, excuse me, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Why would you have just thinking outside the box? Why would you have those monks there? And this is a college. Yeah. New freshmen coming in, mm -hmm. young young boys. Mm -hmm. mm, it's just all suspicious. Yeah, and then um, several uh, sexual abuse uh, accused monks were living at both the dorm where Josh was playing cards and at the dorm where he lived as well. Um, mm -hmm. And then according to a post on Josh's website, which is run by his family to wage awareness about his disappearance, it was also determined that someone had erased over 300 files on Josh's computer after he disappeared. Um, but the family took it to a computer expert who was able to recover all the information on the hard drive, including evidence of a fake ID ring, which I'm assuming is like they made uh, ID for people under 21 to get drinks and stuff. Mm -hmm. um, but it's not known whether he was part of the ring, but they said it's very unlikely. And Josh's family believes that they know who it was who erased the drive, but charges were never filed because the statute of limitations on the fake ID ring had already run out. Have they told anyone who they think no i think it's mars you can't say because and then it would be defamation of character yeah, that's true um but just time ran out ran out exactly anyway. so it's like you know what would be the point mm -hmm. at a certain point um but justice family does say that he was never depressed withdrawn or suicidal and he was very active in student organizations including the college's political organization and a fan a friend described him as a brilliant student of the law a skilled po politician and his goal was to attend law school at Yale University and then serve in the Minnesota House of Representatives so they don't believe it was like a suicide or a runaway thing um, but a new investigator did take over the case about three years ago his name is Zach Sorison I hope I'm saying that right it's spelled S-O-R-E-N-S-O-N uh, he stated, I have nothing, end quote. He told WCCO that he is still taking a look at it weekly to determine what they may have missed for so long. The department was asked if they had any reason to suspect foul play from the very beginning. Um, Sorison stated, um, I don't believe so. I wasn't there at the time, just reading through it. If there was a missing person at the time, it's still a missing person at this point, end quote. I'm not sure what that Mm -mm. But Sorison says his case is an extra challenge with the very little help of 2002's technology, since there was no uh, security mm -hmm. cameras or cell phones at that time. That's right. And But Josh's father, Brian, believes the investigation has been hindered by focusing on the lake and swampy areas of the campus, a theory that has, start quote, precluded the possibility of an induction and continues to give the public the indication that there was no foul play in the vanishing, end quote. His dad was interviewed on an episode of In the Dark, which is a podcast. Um, and Stearns County is pretty infam infamous for fumbling investigations. They also investigated the Jacob Wellington case as well, which um, the case from last week, they also investigated that one. What if, what? Yeah. In the same area? Uh-huh. And um, from what the father has said. Oh, my goodness. Right? That's, wow. For uh -huh. a small area? Yeah, I'm assuming it's a pretty small area. And yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm hmm. Um, he has stated though on the podcast that they didn't really push look anywhere but the water, and they changed their theories a bunch of times. Even at one point, blaming snapping turtles for his disappearance. Um, he stated their main thing, hour one, day one. He's in the lake. Therefore, what's the first thing anyone thinks when they see it? He's dead already, so no one is looking for him. That's exactly what they want. Mm -hmm. End quote. Um, it's worth noting 
that uh, St. John's has a restraining order against him, <gasps> the father, because he... The act, school has a restraining order. Yeah, oh, because he kept goodness. visiting the campus to ask questions. About his son. Yes. Um, and it's also worth noting that the first uh, detective who investigated was an alumni of St. John's University as well. Mm. Um, that's all for the case, but I also want to say that uh, Brian, his father, has a GoFundMe to hire a private investigator to find Josh, and I'll leave it in the description as well. It just comes to a point sometimes that when you do your will or you, as a young person, need to write someplace or even on social media, that if something happens to me, mm-hmm. I did not commit suicide. Mm-hmm. You know, it gets to a point that you really have to voice that because it seems like that's the way that it always go. Mm-hmm. You had to commit suicide. Was it a really an accident? Did mm-hmm. he do it on purpose or did she do it on purpose? Mm-hmm. How frustrating for his family. Exactly. They have to go through that. Mm-hmm. And then a restraining order. I don't know all the details. So this is just my opinion, mm-hmm. but I would be very angry if you mm-hmm. came up missing at your school and I'm investigating on my own, trying to get a feel about what happened. And then your school put a restraining order against me and I can't come to that school to figure out what happened to my, my child. Exactly. And that's what he said as well. That has to be just, just. Mm-hmm. It's just sad, but it has to be, like, frustrating. Exactly. Extremely exactly. frustrating. Oh, my goodness. Mm-hmm. Well, my deepest condolences to that family, exactly. Josh's family, for what's going on. And I hope they it comes out, it's revealed what mm-hmm. happened to him. Because they still haven't gotten his body or... No, they still haven't found a body or anything like that. Or any clues either of what might have happened. Um which I think is mostly what There's so want. much suspicion going on there. Mm-hmm. Just the fact of what he was investigating, the the um, the case against mm-hmm. the monks and whatnot. Also the fact that they also denied the cops being able to search and stuff like that. Mm-mm. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's Very sad. sad. A student at a Minnesota Catholic college vanished in the middle of the night. This week marks 15 years since Josh Gimo went missing from St. John's University. Joshua got up from the social gathering and hasn't been seen or heard from since. A standout student, the 20-year-old, had a bright future ahead. That all changed November 9, 2002. Gimo's disappearance would later face extra scrutiny, both for the clergy sex abuse scandal and for the investigators assigned to the case. Fifteen years later, WCCO's Liz Collin went back to talk to a family still waiting for answers, the investigators trying to find them, and to the friends who last saw him before the trail went cold. Oh, yeah, the honor rolls and all that, you know. There is a certain Minnesota modesty when Brian Gimo describes his son Josh, class president of his Maple Lake High School, voted most likely to succeed by his peers and planning for a future in politics and law. But you're pretty proud of him. Well, yeah, he's the only kid I had. Raised Catholic, Gimo made sure his son was in a pew each Sunday. Another reason Josh's choice to attend St. John's University made perfect sense. 
He was a junior in college, and that November weekend of 2002 marked deer opener. Instead of taking part in the annual hunting tradition with Dad, homework kept Josh in Collegeville. We now know that Saturday night, November 9th, Josh met up with friends to play cards. The next day, his dad discovered Josh hadn't been seen since. I got home about 8 o'clock, one of his buddies calls me, and right then, it's like you get a pit in your stomach. I knew something was wrong. I was trying to stay optimistic, but I was definitely worried. On campus, Nick Hydrukovich was likely the closest to Josh. They were roommates in music groups and mock trial together. The search for Josh first centered around Stump Lake. Josh's get-together was at Metton Court on the north end of campus. Shortly after midnight, those last to see him said he left to take the three-minute walk home to Mauer House. I came home that night, and he wasn't there. And that is essentially all we know about the night Josh Gimo disappeared. The timeline not exact. The details still few. But it does seem Josh didn't have plans to go anywhere else that night, since he left behind his jacket, his credit cards, and the keys to his car in his room. I have nothing. As an investigator for the Stearns County Sheriff's Office, Zach Sorensen took over the GEMO files two years ago. He told WCCO he is still taking a look weekly to determine what they may have missed for so long. This department had no reason to suspect foul play from the very beginning. I don't believe so. Uh, I wasn't there at the time, um, but just reading through it, I, I don't believe it's, it was a missing person at the time. It's still a missing person at this point. Sorensen calls such a case an extra challenge with little help from 2002 technology. No security cameras, no cell phones. No evidence at all, no investigation, but he's in the lake. No. Grieving and frustrated, Brian Gimo formulated his own theories, butting heads with Stearns County and St. John's University early on. Their main thing, hour one, day one, he's in the lake. Therefore, what's the first thing anybody thinks when they see it? He's dead already. So nobody's looking for him. Exactly what they wanted. One month before Josh went missing, St. John's was in the headlines. The college announced a major settlement of a dozen cases of abuse by monks at the Abbey on campus. Gimo's father would also learn that monks who were credibly accused of past abuse supervised both his son's dorm and the one where he was last seen. He never knew of the school's history before. If you did, would he have gone to school there? Well, I would have made, done everything I could have so he wouldn't have. Brian's persistent questions and trips to campus were met with a restraining order by St. John's. The college denied WCCO's request for an interview, but in a statement said there is no evidence linking the Abbey to Gimo's disappearance, and including the monks in our report is journalism by rumor. Does the department think it's possible that St. John's had something to do with Josh's disappearance? We have no hard evidence that leads us to believe or not to believe that anyone is involved or not involved in the reason Joshua was missing or what happened to Joshua. If there had been some sort of accident, like you, you know, heard about and still do hear about sometimes with college students, um, he would have been found by now. Gimo's roommate admits whatever may have happened to his friend soured his relationship with his alma mater as he went on to live the dream of practicing law that he and Josh once shared. A friend and a father focused on answers for 15 years. Oh yeah, every day I think of well, thank you for listening today. Um, I hope you enjoy the rest of your Wednesday. Um, bye.